Welcome. We welcome all of you today. Every last one of you. God is so good. His presence is in this house. I'm excited to be with you today and share with you. I, I, believe, I, I believe God wants to do some more. How many of you believe that with me? Let's bow your heads with me. Father, I just thank you for your presence here today. I thank you for your promises. I thank you, God, for your word that's alive and active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And we know with the word and the spirit, God, we're undefeatable. Lord, we know that the combination of your word and your Holy Spirit gives us ability to walk on all the power of the enemy here today. So I pray, God, you'll open hearts, quicken minds, and let them grab hold of this truth, God, that you've burned into my heart today. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. So if you have a Bible with you, you can, uh, you can open it. If you have a, a phone with you, you can go to the U app, and it's on, we have it on the live event here. We're in this series called What's Up With The Church, and um, I, wanna, I, I just want to uh, go a little further with this. We, we shared one message in this, and we get, we're talking about the four purposes of what God has for the church. Purpose number one is to host the presence of God and encounter him together. And this is based on a powerful verse, a couple of verses in Ephesians chapter one. It says, in Christ he chose us before the world was made. He chose us in love to be his holy people. You see, what makes us holy is God's presence in our lives. That means we're set apart. There's the, what's special about us is that God is here. God is in us. God makes us holy. And he is holy, so therefore we become his peculiar people. Now, listen to what this says. This, this is really power. It's people who could stand before him without any fault. Now, that's just mind-blowing that you and I could stand before God Knowing our makeup, knowing our weaknesses, our frailties, our failures, knowing we can stand before God without fault. The only way that's possible is through the blood of Jesus who covers us. And when he covers us with his blood, God does not see you through you. He sees you through Jesus. That's why the Bible says the righteousness of God is, is imputed to those who, who not, it's not according to our righteousness, but we receive the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when God sees you, he sees his son. Many of you need to break the strongholds of negative thinking and negative confession and negative talk coming out of your mouth about who you are. Because you're in agreement with the enemy, not with God. So here we go. <laughs> Are you ready? Strap in. We're, we're going on a ride this morning, I guarantee you. And, and, and God, God is going to break some strongholds while we're here today. And I just have every confidence in God because I've stood before God. And God showed me what he's going to do in some people here today. I mean, I saw it. I saw it in my own eyes. I saw it. Not, not, not with, not, you know, I saw it in my spirit, my spiritual eyes. And some of you are going to walk out of here different today because of the power of God's truth that's going to resonate in your heart. Now, how, you, how can you say that? Because I'm basing it on what God says. Now, listen to this. And before the world was made, God decided to make us his own children 
through Jesus Christ. This was what God wanted, and it pleased him to do it. And this brings praise to God because of his wonderful grace. When you look like, walk like, talk like a child of God, God takes pleasure in that. That's why he did all of what he did. And this brings praise to God because of his wonderful grace. People know it's not you. The people who know you know that that's not, that's not them. That's, that, I know that person. But something's got a hold of them. And see, they give honor and glory to God because God, listen to what it says, God gave us that grace, God gave that grace to us freely. He gave us that grace in Christ, the one he loves. And see, the, the power of this is that, that we're hosting the presence of God. God lives in us. So, you know, why do you think, do you, do you think the enemy is attacking you because you're something? He's attacking you because of the presence of God in you. The devil don't care two hoots about you. But he despises God. So therefore, he's after the God that's in you. And so what he's trying to do is get you to, to, to walk out of that awareness that God's presence is in me. Because when you walk in an awareness of God lives in me, God dwells in me, God talks to me, he talks through me, then we can encounter him together. Because you and I, when we're walking in that, are a regular revival. That's what we are. We're a revival. We are a revival. Now, I want to give you today purpose number two. You ready for this? Purpose number two, which we, last week, you know, I had this, God gave me this last week, and then God just showed up and, and demonstrated it first. So now I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the word to go along with, and, 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 and this is how God wants every time the church comes together. Listen, purpose number two, to create an atmosphere for God's work in people's lives. God's here today because he wants to do a work in your life and mine. God's not here today, you know, because he doesn't have anything better to do. God came with an intention. Did you? Did you come with the intention, I'm here for you today, God? I mean, in our, our worship today, let us right into the presence and the throne of God. And, and you notice when we begin to worship God, as our praise goes up, did you ever notice what comes down? Did you ever think about that? Now, let me ask you this. If God can do this on a Sunday morning, how about on a Tuesday when all hell's breaking loose and you just go in your bread bedroom, shut your door, and you begin to raise your heart and your hands to God and begin to worship God, and as their praise goes up, God comes down because he's not limited to City Point Church and what goes on in this building. God's everywhere. So here's the thing. We create an atmosphere for God's work in people's lives. Now, here's... Ephesians 1, 22, 23. This is so powerful. L listen to what it says. God put everything. Everybody say everything. everything. God put everything under Christ's power. I looked up the word everything in the Greek, and it means everything. In other words, there's nothing that you're fighting, nothing that the enemy brings that isn't under Christ's power, his authority. Now listen to what it says. And he made him head over everything for the church. Now he's head over everything. Now listen to what it says. Christ's power puts everything under him 
And because he's head, he's over. So you see, he's got your over under covered. Only a couple of you will get that. So, so verse 23 says, the church is Christ's body. So listen, what do you think God put Jesus in his position for was to be head over the church so the church could respond to the head and the body subdue everything that it comes in contact with? Because you know the body's an amazing thing. Your body, when it's under control, when it's under the right influence, can accomplish powerful, wonderful things. I don't know about you, but I like having my body. I mean, I like it. I like it when it works, too. The church is Christ's body. The church is Christ's body. Let me tell you something. You did not... You did not just grow up in a church. Some of you think, well, you know, I've been around church all my life. That's all wonderful, but there's only one way you get in the church. You have to be born again through Christ. I'm not talking about, you know, like City Point, you know, we have a, we have a growth track, and we, at the end, we invite people to become members of City Point. But, but see, you don't have to be a member of City Point to go to heaven, but you do have to be born again. Bob, I've been a member of this church 40 years. Well, that and 50 cents will get you a cup of coffee. Jesus said in John 3, you must be born again. When a person is born again, they're baptized into his body. What makes you a part of the church is the born again experience. So if you've never been born again, I invite you today to make Jesus the Lord of your life and let him baptize you into the body. And you'll find out what it means to be a member of the Big C Church. Because that's the church you want to be a part of. <laughs> some of y'all have been, been members of many churches. And really, has it made that much of a difference? But the, but the church of Jesus Christ is a powerful church. It's an undefeatable church. It's an irresistible church. It's a glorious church. It's without spot or wrinkle. Can't say that about most other churches. The church is Christ's body. It's filled with him. Everybody say that with me. It's filled with him. Say this with me. I'm filled with him. The word filled means to be under his control. That's what the word filled means. It's under his control. So it's filled with him. His church is filled with him. Let me ask you a question. Is everybody who is in a church filled with him? No, but everybody who's in Jesus' church, born again, baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, is filled with him. He makes everything complete in every way. Now, that, those words, you just really need to meditate on that. Roll that in your heart. You need to, you know, some of y'all need to graduate from some of your scripture verses and get into the meat of this kind of stuff right here. I'm serious. I mean, you know, how long are you just going to, I can do all things. Well, that's a good verse, but now you need to find out why you can do all things. I got to move. So the church is uniquely called. Now, you should have the, I, I gave, I, I, you got these notes because I want you to make, I, and I want you to get this. 
The church is uniquely called for a divine purpose. Everybody say amen. amen. The church is called for a divine purpose. And, and the problem with much of what's going on in the church is that many times we don't understand what our divine purpose is. We don't know why we're here. We just, we, we kind of look at the what, like what does a church do? And we think the church is about like organi organization and systems and, and so on. Can, can you just say amen? Can I just be honest with you? I mean, I like organization. Don't you like organization? I mean, I don't like disorganization. But if you have organization, but your absence, this presence of God, all you got is, is a system that's void of God. It becomes a religion. You know what religion is? Religion is what's left after Jesus has left the room. Jesus, you told me I'm trusting you. So I'm going to tell you a little story about organization. A guy was out cutting his grass. Accidentally, he ran the mower over his foot. Stuff happens. How many have ever been to an emergency room? Stuff happens. I've been there. I cut my finger on a mower once. I was trying to clean the grass out from the thing. It was all wet and stuck up. I didn't realize the blade was turning. I was only like seven years old. And I reached in there and bam, and whacked. I, you can, I still have the scar. I got like eight, ten stitches. It cut the nail. The nails never healed into one thing. I'll show it to you after church. It's really cool. <laughs> I got lots of scars. I can show you scars. I'm good at it. I, I'm on a first-name basis with the emergency room. Monday, we're framing the float. Pastor Kyle's standing next to me. I'm shooting gun nails, gun 16s. I shot one right in my palm right here. If you want to see the nail prints, they're in my hands. I shot the nail, blood's... Okay, in the name of Jesus. Kyle's like, are you all right? I'll be all right. Thank God for Jesus. Man walks in the house, he shows his wound to his wife. That's what I generally do. I say, hey, Terry, look at this. This is better than the last one. I could tell you a lot of stories about that. The man showed his wound to his wife. She didn't know what to do. She said, well, I think you should get down to the emergency room, and I'll drive you, and we'll get it checked out. So she drives him to the emergency room, and she says, I'm just going to wait here because I don't like those places. They make me nervous. You go in, and when you get done, come on out. So he goes in, walks through the emergency room front doors. When he entered, he was greeted by two more doors. One door was marked male, and the other door was marked female. So he goes through the door marked male. When he got inside there, there were two more doors. One door said under 40, and the other door said over 40. And so he goes through the door over 40, and he walks into another door, two doors. One door says upper body, and the other door says lower body. He looks down at his wound, his foot, he goes for the lower body. Inside, there's two more doors. One door was marked internal, and the other one was marked external. So he looked, he goes, I guess it's external. 
And he walked through the external door. He gets in there and there's two more doors. One door was marked serious and the other door was marked not serious. He said, well, it's not even really bleeding that bad. He walked through the door not serious and he was right in the parking lot. He walks over to his wife. She goes, how'd it go? Did they help you? He said, nah, they didn't really help me, but boy, are they organized. (laughs) And you see, that's kind of how the church can become. The church can become organized. But the real question we have to ask ourselves is, what is all this organization about? Why do we go to this trouble of having floats and VBS and and outreaches and what what do we do Sundays for? Is it just so we can get a warm buzz or is it because we're really trying to help people? Because we're trying to show people that there's a better way, there's a better life, there's a better road that you can walk. We're here to see people come out of bondage, come out of darkness, come into the light, come out of sickness, come out of death, come out of depression. I mean, dude, we can organize with the best of them. We got some of the best organization, I think, around. All of that stuff that's back there, tonight it'll be up here. And tomorrow we're going to start blessing kids. All we need you to do is bring a bunch of kids. And here's our hope. Not, not our, our hope isn't that the kids go, oh, look at it, it's a moat. It, our hope is the kids are going to get helped. These kids need Jesus. These kids need a touch of God. And, and you know, we're like, eh, it's so nice what they do. And we walk out and you got neighborhood kids who are needing Jesus. You got kids in your own family. And the question is, do you have enough gumption to get them out here? I guess I just threw down the gauntlet, didn't I? I mean, why not? Why not fill this place? Because they all represent people with needs. I would hate to think we'd organized and went through all of this and then if, if it's for naught. You see, the church is here to, to meet people's needs. Can you say Amen. We, the church, are over, now get this, we, the church, are over with Christ. What does that mean? We're over. I put put the parentheses there because I wanted you to, I want, because some, you know, some people get like in pride and they think they're, they're God anyway. But I'm not talking about you thinking you're God. I'm thinking that you understand where God has positioned you, you are positioned for a purpose. And with with the fact that you are over with Christ, then you need to act like it. When you see situations, you need to realize, I'm carrying something that can make a difference. Come on, church, help me here this morning. This is turning and churning and burning in my heart today. Because rather than curse the darkness, turn on the light. We carry, we can only, now listen to this, we can only carry that out to the degree that we are under. Notice in that verse in Ephesians, he talked about being over and under. Everybody say it, over. Over. So Christ is over the church and the church is under Christ. Can you say amen? amen? Terry, would you help me? Would you bring me that white and black umbrella? So I got this, this little, I just want to demonstrate this. So this is, this is the over-under illustration. 
you know what we use this for? You know, we know what we use an umbrella for. But I want to give you the spiritual application of what God is doing in the church. So what we, we are hosting the presence of God. We saw that in uh, purpose number one. And then the church is here to create an atmosphere. So here's, I want you to think of it like this. When you open an umbrella and you, you extend it, what, I, what I've created here is an atmosphere. So it could be pouring out here, but I can be dry, which that never happens because the umbrella is always somewhere else for some reason. And I'm like, Terry, where's the umbrella? Oh, it's in my car. We're going to get wet because we, ha we have no protection. But see, as long as you understand, see, what you're carrying, listen to me, church, what you're carrying is really precious. It's special. It's Jesus. And, and what, when Jesus comes over you, he comes over you to create an atmosphere. And the purpose, now listen to me, this isn't just for you. Remember in Ephesians, he said he did this for together. So, Terry, would you come on up here with me? I guess I'll bug you. going to bug somebody. Might as well bug somebody that likes me right now. You do like me right now, don't you? Yeah. yeah. So, so let's say I'm, I'm, under, I'm under this authority. I'm under this presence. I'm under, and I see someone who's out in the rain, somebody who's getting assaulted and, 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 and the enemy's coming against them and and, 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 and it's just raining trouble and sickness and difficulty in their life. And I can look at them and say, you know, it's just awful what's happening. It's just awful what's happening to this person. Or I can do what God's called me to do as one of his, one of his parts of the body. Because we are all, if we're in Christ, members of this body. And because of what I'm carrying, because of what I'm carrying, yeah, yeah. listen to me, what I'm carrying is precious. Yeah. If I really honor and respect it the way that I should and protect it, then I'm not going to take it for granted. Come on, now listen to me now. Right. I'm not going to forget what I'm carrying and think of myself in somewhat what I would call people say, well, you know, I'm nothing. And they say, I'm just trying to be humble. You're not being humble when you say you're nothing. What you're doing is getting agreement with the enemy. What you need to say is, I'm carrying something very special. I'm anointed. I'm appointed. I have been given a call from God. And so I'm going to come and I'm going to bring what God has given me. And I want you to get in this atmosphere. Now, I can't fix her. <laughs> I... <laughs> Not that I haven't tried. I, I can't save her. Listen to me, church. I can't make her serve God. But I can bring the atmosphere of heaven. 
and the atmosphere of heaven, the thing that I'm living under, the thing that's working God's goodness and God's mercy, and it's following me all the days of my life. It follows me in the good times and in the bad. It follows me when I do, come on, it follows me all the days of my life. And then it opens up her heart to see what she needs in her life. That's called the conviction, the convincing of the Spirit of God. Because I can tell her, look, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. Or I can come up here and I can say, oh, Jesus, she needs you. Jesus, release what's in me on her. Now, see, you better be careful because what's in you. Because you only can release what's in you. And if you're walking in a bunch of strife and mess. And see, my, my hope is that as we walk under this authority of God, we are under his headship, under his. See, the church is called to live under the authority of Christ. And then as the church, we're called to, to because why? Because there's a protection in the here. All hell's breaking loose all around us. Out there is trouble, but I'm going to abide under this shadow. And my hope is that she'll take hold of it. And that she'll go, go back to your seat. See, you said, well, I didn't, lo- I didn't lose my covering. All I did is give it an impartation. But can you bring me the other umbrella, please? Thought you was done, didn't you? Because here's the alternative, church. So if we're not if we're not walking in the authority of God and living under the authority of God, if we if we don't learn to relate to authority, if we don't learn how to submit to one another. If we don't learn how to put away our self-will, our stubbornness, our rebellion. The Bible says rebellion in 1 Samuel 15, 23, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. You know why rebellion and witchcraft are, are, are the same, under the same gender? Because they're both under the influence of Satan. So when you're in rebellion, you're under Satan's influence. I don't know, Pastor Mike. I'm not submitting to anybody. Hmm. And so what happens if you don't submit, you walk out of your protection. You walk out of what's covering you. And then when you get into satanic temptation and uh, attack, listen to me, because don't you think Saul, listen, Saul was anointed of God in 1 Samuel 15. He was appointed to lead Israel in a special mission. God called him with a special purpose. But he rebelled against the commandments of God and did his own thing. He was like the Burger King guy. He did it his way. Samuel said, no, I want it done this way. Saul said, yeah, I did everything you said, but he didn't do everything he said. 
And when, when you get out from under God, and listen to me, young people, when you get in rebellion, you rebel against your parents, you rebel against authority, I don't care who it is, you open yourself up to satanic temptation that is, that is impossible for you to resist on your own. Because outside of that protection, there is no covering for you. And so when you do then get under temptation and the attack comes, and I guarantee you, it will come. I said it will come. We're in that day when the, the enemy knows his time is short. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Our marriages are under attack. Our children are under attack. Our cities are under attack. Our churches are under attack. Pastors are under attack. Everything's, and the devil's walking around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Are, are you afraid of the devil, Pastor Mike? Absolutely not. As long as I keep under the umbrella of God's protection, under his authority, can't happen. But the moment I refuse and I rebel, the moment I resist, the moment I set my will in place of God's will, when I get in that place and I go to reach for God's help and God's protection. All of a sudden there's accesses through my disobedience, through my sin, through my stubbornness. Because I have opened the door to the enemy. Got really quiet in here. And then we go, oh, pray for me. The devil's, he's just, he's out, he's, yeah, the, the, yeah, he's out to get you. Pray for me that, that God will look, overlook my disobedience and protect me anyway. No, seriously, that's kind of how it works out. Pray for me that I can stay in my rebellion, but that God somehow will give me a, an exclusion. Well, when it starts raining and you're standing under this, prepare to get wet. I'm getting dizzy. Are you seeing what I'm saying this morning? We as the church are over as long as we are in Christ. And everything that is in this world is subject to us. The Bible, Jesus said, I'll give you power over all the power of the enemy. But it only works on the condition of your obedience to God. Why did, why did Satan get kicked out of heaven in the first place? Rebellion. Why did Adam and Eve get kicked out of the garden? Rebellion. What do you want to be under? Which would you rather be under? We are his body on the earth. And here's the thing. We need to be filled with God. Can you say amen? amen. I, I got to go a little further. But I really feel like the Holy Spirit is talking to some people. Because you're one, you, you know, now all of a sudden, see, that stress that you're feeling... I mean, everybody goes through stress, right? 
But here's the question. Look, go, go to Psalm 27 with me. I'm going to give you something today. I really do. I, I got a good message here. It's a good positive message. In Psalm 27, David said this. One thing. Everybody say one thing. Not a hundred things. Not 50 things. One thing have I asked of the Lord. And that will I seek. Man, here's a guy on a mission. A man with intention. One thing. One thing possesses me. One thing controls my life. I have my hands in many things, but there's one thing that's vital to me. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. This is out of the Amplified, by the way. I did, this is right out of the Amplified. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord, in his presence, all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty, the delightful loveliness and majestic grandeur of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Do you know why we need to come together and have corporate meetings like we have here on Sunday mornings? Because when you are out in the world and, and, you, and you're, you're being assaulted and attacked, we come together and, and as we come into the presence, we come into the house of the Lord and we gaze on the beauty of the Lord. You ever notice that when you begin to worship, all your attention goes off you? And it goes to the Lord? And the moment your attention goes to him, all of those things that are troubling you begin to fall off of you. Because let me tell you something, you can't worship God and be all up in yourself. Notice in heaven, every time you see a worship scene, they're going... Honor and glory be to the Lamb. Wisdom and power and righteousness. It's all about Him, the focus. You know when you've left this earth and crossed into the heavenlies, when all your focus, all your attention, all your worship is directed to Jesus, that's when you know you've broke through, church. I know sometimes it takes us a little time. Sometimes, you know, listen, I, I get it. Sometimes you come in and it's like you've, you're just wound up, bound up. But the more that you get into this presence and focus on the Lord, the more that you begin to lift up your heart, I I'm not ashamed. I'm a grown man, but I'm here to tell you today, I'm not ashamed to lift my hands and lift my voice and praise God with all that's within me because one thing have I desired, I want Jesus. I want Jesus. I want Jesus. Many times we drag this junk with us. And then we walk into that presence of God, hallelujah. We walk into the throne room of God, and there the light dispels all the darkness. His grace begins to free all that shackles and all that junk, and, and we begin to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, and everything starts looking better. I can tell, I can tell when y'all been spending time with the Lord, and I can tell when you ain't. Today, today, what am I doing here? Listen and read this, write this down. Today the church camps around a Sunday, but in the early days of Israel they camped around the presence. Now read, I want you to read this verse. Now on the day the tabernacle was erected, the cloud of God's presence covered the tabernacle. And in the evening, it was over the tabernacle. 
See, that's what the church has got to be. We've got to be the house of his presence. We have to be a church that's presence-driven. You know, I, I know how to organize. I, I don't, I'm not looking for the best organized church. I'm looking for the presence of God. Now, that doesn't mean anything goes and you can just do anything anyway. No, because when you're going after God and you behold his beauty and his majesty, there's a spirit of excellence that comes on you. You're never satisfied. There's more. We can do more, Lord. We can see more. We can experience more. That's just the nature. It's like, it's like ice cream. The more you eat, the more you want. I, I, I hate to bring God down to that level, but some of y'all, that's the only thing I can get you to understand. Because some of y'all have never experienced God like that. Some of you, when God moves in, you get real nervous and, 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 and worried. And I'll tell you what you need to do is relax and just flow with the presence. Because it's in the presence of God. Your release, your freedom, your deliverance, your protection, your authority, your power is. How important is it? Well, when, look at what it says. It says, and in the evening it was over the tabernacle appearing like fire. So it was a cloud in the day to protect from the hot sun in the desert. It was a fire by night to provide warmth. So it was continuously. You should underline that word right there, continuously. Because if, if all you're doing is walking into church and experiencing this on a Sunday morning, you need it continuously. You need, this, you need to know the presence when you're getting yelled at. When people are assaulting and attacking you, you need to be able to know that I'm in the presence of God. Go ahead, hit me with your best shot. Praise God. You say, Pastor Mike, that's weird. That's the protection. Because the enemy's trying to assault that presence in your life. So it was continuously in the place where the clouds stopped, there the Israelites would camp. We're going to camp around the presence of God. Because God's work requires God's presence. You can't do this without God. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. Acts 1.8 says this. I'm moving wrong. moving quick. I think. But you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses to tell people about me. See, there's a covering. There's an anointing. There's a power. You will receive power. Everybody say power. Everybody say ability. See, many of you don't think you have any ability, but when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power and ability. And the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me. See, that's it. It's not just for you. It's for people. Get this. It's, it is for you. It will help you. Believe me, it will save you. The Holy Spirit is powerful. It's for you. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. You know, this is interesting. Um, again, I, you know, God gave me this uh, two weeks ago. And through, you know, God's directives and so on, we're, we're in August for three Sunday nights. We're going to show Robert Morris's video, The God 
I never knew. And it's all about the Holy Spirit and his work in your life. And I want to encourage you to come out because you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses to tell people about me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. You with me? Now catch this. This is God gave me this. And, I, and, and, and I'm going to try to wrap it up here. In fact, I want the worship team to come get ready. I want, if I could, I could get the whole worship team up here. Or who, whatever. It says, he that dwells under the shadow... Y'all know what verse, y'all you know, know Psalm 91, right? He that dwells under the shadow, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be witnesses. Now, look, look at this. He comes into me for my sake. The reason Jesus wants you to have the Holy Spirit is he told his disciples, you need to wait and be endued with power. Why? Because when he comes, he will speak of me. He will lead and guide you into all truth. Are you with me? So when you, get, when you get the Holy Spirit, he comes into you for your sake. He'll show you the truth about things. He'll show you the truth about situations. He'll open your eyes to reality. Many of you are being lied to. Many of you are being misled. Many of you are being pulled away by, by different strange things that you can't quite put your finger on. And if you'll open up to the Holy Spirit, he will come upon you and show you the truth and the reality behind every situation. Because if you don't, you'll be deceived. And if you're deceived, you can, if in deception, you can lose. You can actually lose. Come on now. Now, he comes upon me for my sake, but listen to this, he comes, he comes in me let me say it this way. This is how the Lord, he came, he comes into me for my sake, and then he comes upon me for your sake. You see, what's on me today is for you. God comes upon me. When I, when, many times God releases things into me and comes upon me, and I'll release that word into people. Many people think because I'm up here and I'm not saying thus saith the Lord. Do you know many times I'm prophesying and you don't even know it if you're not tuned into the Spirit of God? I'm telling you right now, God's Spirit is upon me for you right now. There's some of you who are living in a situation where if you don't wake up and listen to the Holy Spirit, he, is take, the, he the enemy, is going to take you for a ride and try to steal, kill, and destroy and all what God's trying to do is wake you up. And I'm listening to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. He comes upon me for your sake. So you can say the same thing. So the Holy Spirit is in you for your sake, and he comes upon you for others' sake. Listen to me, husbands. Your wives need to see the Holy Spirit working in you. Because that's their covering and their protection too. And you need to quit talking down to your wives and start talking up. Whoa, that one went over like a rat sandwich. That means about all of you men are guilty. And let me tell you something, wives. You need to quit nagging your husbands and tell them how worthless and no good they are. And you need to start releasing the anointing that's in you 
and telling them you are a mighty man of God called with a purpose and what you're doing is you're protecting the anointing that's on them and if you protect each other's anointing you will both grow together into a greater level of that anointing now I've just released something into you today that could actually change your marriage change your life change your ministry change everything about you he's come upon me Butch, would you stand up for a second Man, he just gave me something for you. I, I, you know, I don't do this. And I'm not a showboat. Y'all know me. I am not a showboat. But when I'm gonna, I have just decided I'm going to listen to what God is saying. And if you don't like this, see me after church. I will anoint you with oil and cast that thing off of you. Butch, you know, and I'm not busting you out. You have been a thermometer. You have reflected the temperature of the room. You've run hot and you have run cold. God says today, I've called you to be a thermostat and not a thermometer. And you are gonna set the temperature of the room. You're gonna set the temperature for your family. God has got something for you that you don't even have a clue what it is yet, but you hang on and turn the heat up because God is about to show himself for you. Now see, as, as we walk in that and let the Holy Spirit come on us, lives are going to be impacted. Destinies are going to be set in order. And some of you have a great gift. Some of you have a great calling. Some of you have God's hand has been heavy on you in the past and you have shut God out. Because the enemy has tricked you and lied to you and told you all kinds of junk. He's made, tried to make it about people. This ain't about people. This is about Jesus. See, you don't have to like me. I don't need everybody to like me. But all I need is to know Jesus is walking beside me. And as long as he's smiling, I don't care who's frowning at me. He that dwells, can I, can, I take, can I take five more minutes? There's something else God wants to release here. When I wrote this down, I'm like, God, I have never, Lord, please, Jesus, come on. This isn't about your ability, but your availability. See, this is, this is not about, see, some of you, you got like no trespassing written all over you closed sorry we are closed and the Holy Spirit's like hey anybody in there closed 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 and you can shut me out but you can't shut out the Holy Spirit you can't stop his voice you can't stop his tug and his knock. And you can say, well, I can't do this. I tried to blah, 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 blah. But it's God's call for you. 
And he doesn't call you because you're qualified. In fact, we're all unqualified if you get right down to it. But he qualifies the people he calls. So it doesn't matter what your education, how long you've been at this. If you obey God, he'll catapult you. All he's looking for is empty vessels. So how does that look? Let me close with this. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. Everybody say abide. Under the shadow of the Almighty. See, under that shadow, that atmosphere of the Almighty, that's where I'm going to dwell. I'm going to make my home. I'm going to live in the shadow of the Almighty. I'm going to keep my heart right. Because the moment your heart gets messed up, the enemy's going to start tearing holes in your umbrella. And the enemy's going to send destructive temptation to try to destroy you, sit you down, shut you up. I'm trying to talk to some of you today before the enemy goes any further. You need to stop and say, this is it. I'm not going any further, devil. You're not going to destroy me. I'm going to dwell under the secret place. I will say of the Lord. Everybody say, say. Here's what he says. He said, I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Get your heart right. Get your faith fixed. Are you with me? Say this with me. Say this with me. Say, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. And in him I will trust. Don't you sense that? Then you shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Listen, everything you do out of fear is wrong. The only thing God's going to honor is your faith. Let me say that again. <clears throat> the only thing God is going to honor is your faith. Your fear will tell you, throw it in, give it up, it's no use. Your faith will tell you, keep going. I can never get over what Dina did when Randy was a knucklehead. Notice I said when Randy was a knucklehead. And he was out all over the place. And God spoke to Dina. They're, they had been divorced how many years? 23? Divorced 23 years. And she could have she said, yeah, well, that's sad, that's sad, that's sad. God spoke to her. And her faith rose up. And she started putting a table setting at the kitchen table for Randy. What was that? That was her faith. I will not be afraid. And Randy's out acting like a... Yeah. And God is moving. God, Why? Because God honors faith. Next thing you know, there's not just a table setting at the table. Guess who's sitting in front of the table setting? What is that? That's faith. Only with your eyes, he said, will you look and see. Only with your eyes, you've got to read this Psalm 91, it's so powerful. Get your heart right, get your faith right, get your sight, your vision right. And then it says, and he shall call upon me. Now listen to this church, I'm done. He shall call upon me 
and I will answer. He'll call upon me and I will answer. Is that a promise or what? You'll call upon me when you get your heart right, get your faith right, get your vision right, get everything in alignment. You'll call on me, I will answer. Why? Because I'm under his power, his authority, and nothing can by any means hurt me. I need you to stand with me. While I really sense God talking to hearts today, that's all I can say. I mean, from the beginning, from the beginning of this worship time today. Terry, give me that black umbrella, the black one. Oh, what's that? What's over here? Sorry, honey. Love you. So is this what you've been walking under? You have areas that you've been resisting God. You've been stubbornly resisting God. Or you've been out in our... Nobody ever starts in rebellion. Nobody ever starts in rebellion. But lies come. Things begin to build. The enemy tries to, 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 to persuade you you're, of something that's not real, something that's not true. It's like you come and you say, you're not good enough. You're not... You're not pretty enough. You're not, you're not, you're not great enough. And suddenly you start, in your fear, in your struggle, you start acting out of your fears and your struggle and all of a sudden holes open up and things start coming into your life. Are you with me? Can I, can I just say something to you young people? With all this spirit, you know what this bullying is that's in your schools and in your coming against you guys? It's demonic. It's the enemy trying to convince you of a lie. And if you get in agreement with that lie, it will lead you to do dumb things. But if you resist the devil and you get anchored and firmly fixed in the truth, because God says that to every one of you, you are special. You are his special treasure. You are my son, my daughter. I've called you, set my love on you. You are special to me. I have a destiny for every one of you. I'm just telling you what's coming on me is coming into you because if you don't, you'll go the way of the world. The way of the world is they're killing each other. They're cutting on each their, their themselves. They're self-destructing. They're trying, they're doing drugs and they're getting involved in things that they have no business in. And the enemy is picking them off, picking them off, picking them off. And I say in the name of Jesus, you are greater. The greater one lives in you. And you are going to rise above everything the enemy. And you're going to get out from under the mess and get under the shadow of the Almighty. And you're going to walk in power. And you're going to walk in truth. And God is going to use you to change the world. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, this is a group of world changers. I have watched you guys in action, but be assured the enemy is not going to take you lightly. He's coming against you. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell you the truth. But you see, you don't have to be afraid. I will dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. 
And even though all kinds of things are surrounding me on my right and my left, it will not come near me. Some of y'all don't know whether you should applaud for that or not. Can I tell you something, parents? That's what you need to be speaking over them. That's why, dads, you need your umbrella intact. Because if you've got sin in areas in your life, you are opening up your children to destructive temptation because they're standing under your umbrella. Oh, it just got serious, didn't it? There's things I just will not do. There's things I could do I won't touch. Things that the world says, oh, it's okay, I will not. I cherish that so much. I'm not looking for something something I can get away with. I'm looking to dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, it's funny to me, all those who are trying to get as close as they can to sin are not walking in miracles, signs, and wonders. You know why? Because the devil's lied to you. And rather than you getting as close as you can to the world, how about you try this? Why don't you get as close as you can to Jesus and see if that is appealing to you anymore? I better quit because I'm about to preach a bunch of people mad. Bow your heads with me, would you please? I'm going to invite the prayer team to come to the front. See, I have preached like 45 minutes. You know how I know that I, I, I feel this virtue has left me. And I am, a, I am physically tired. How, you, how can you be physically tired by just standing up here? Because that anointing has been released from me and now it's up to you. I can't shake it into you. I can't hubbub it into you. I would. If there was an oil, I'd make it. And I'd anoint you all with it. But the next step is yours. Father, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm asking you, Father, to identify those umbrellas that are torn and shattered and sin and destructive temptation has been coming. Lord, those who are here today know whether their heart is right or not. They can fool me, but they can't fool you, Holy Spirit. You know whether there's people here today, God, whose hearts are, whose hearts are in secret sin and they're enjoying things and, and testing things and going off into things and, and, and thinking, well, you know, hey, this is cool. Lord, I, nothing, I don't feel any different. I pray, God, for the heaviness of that glory, the weight of that glory to really come and sit upon hearts here today. I pray, God, that you will break the curses of sin and death and generational curses over people here today. God, cycles that people have walked in, cycles that have been cycles of destruction and cycles of death, 
saved one day and sinning the next and choosing good one day and then choosing to do evil the next. I pray those cycles are broken in the name of Jesus. I pray compromise is broken on people's hearts and lives. I pray for hearts to be fully surrendered and the fire of the Holy Ghost to come upon people right now and they shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they shall be your witnesses. Father, we break our agreement with sin, death, and darkness and we come into agreement with you in the name of Jesus. So listen to me. Everybody look at me one second. We're going to close this out. I'm going to invite you. I'm going to have Paul and Adele come. Terry, I want you to come. Mario and Yvonne, I want you guys to come up front. Pastor Kyle, come on up here with Amanda. See, there's some things that I believe God wants to fix here today. There's some hearts here today God wants to fix. Yeah, and it's going to take some courage and some boldness on your part to step out and say, yeah, I get it, Pastor Mike. I want to be fixed. I want my heart. I want my life. I want the anointing more than anything in my life. I'd rather have the anointing than even be happy. Because, you know, people can be happy and be absent of God. <laughs> On their way to hell. And they're like, ooh, hallelujah, happy. God does not want you, he, now listen, God does not want you to go to hell. He did not create hell for you. His intention was never for any of you to go to hell. His intent for you is to go to heaven. Spend eternity in his presence and camp around his glory. And it starts right here, right now. So behold, I set before you today life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. What's it gonna be for you today, life or death? blessing or cursing? Do you want God or you just want to be happy? Do you want God's peace or do you just want the devil off your back? There's a big difference. Do you want God's salvation or do you just want to feel better? Big difference. I'm going to invite you to come today. If you need help, you need prayer. These are, these are people here today that will pray and break through with you. Brenda, I want you up down here too. Come on, if you need prayer today, make your way up here. That's all. And we're going to let you go. This is it. This is the, this is the altar call. This is what we're praying for today. Their worship team's going to sing this song. If you'd like prayer today, if you'd like agreement today, if you'd like to have somebody lay hands on you and stand and cover you and get, help move you into the shadow of the Almighty, then move, in, move out today. Come on down. Come on down. Come on.